The Shoresheen Podcast, shining a light to the nations. Shalom again, everybody. I'm Bill Cloud, and welcome to this week's Torah Tidbit. This week, the tidbit is taken from the portion that is called Yitro, which refers to Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, Yitro being the Hebrew pronunciation. But we're going to focus on what God calls Israel to be, that is, a kingdom of priests. The arrival at Sinai and the subsequent giving of the Torah at Sinai is actually seen as the climax of what happened during the Exodus and Passover. Shavuot, or the day that's linked to the giving of the Torah, we also call it Pentecost, is in Hebrew called an atzeret, which is a conclusion, so to speak, to Passover. The goal of Passover might even be a better choice of words. Because the idea here is that the liberty that came at Passover without the law that came at Sinai will result in lawlessness. And so then release from Egyptian bondage at Passover is what made the journey to Sinai possible. And that's what made possible the giving of the covenant at the mountain. And that's what brought the 12 tribes of Israel into allegiance with the one and only God. And so we could say that at Sinai, the kingdom of heaven was truly inaugurated into the earth. The giving and the acceptance of the Torah is at the core of Israel's very purpose. And that purpose, of course, is to be a light to the nations. And so receiving the Torah is Israel's national heritage, meaning that it was suited for them. They had to conform to it, not the other way around. Now, that being said, we could argue that Israel has never fully attained perfection in this calling. God's people have always fallen short of the goal. However, like uh, Jacob, who respected the birthright that was handed down to him from Abraham through Isaac, the nation of Israel has always acknowledged the sanctity of that national heritage, or if you will, their birthright. But now I want to read something that God said to Israel at Mount Sinai as they were preparing to receive the covenant there at the foot of the mountain. In Exodus 19, it's recorded for us that he said to them through Moses, And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, And tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians. And we're going to come back and uh, acknowledge a few of these statements here a little bit more clearly. But he said, You saw what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then, I want to emphasize that word, then, You shall be my treasured possession from among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which, Moses, you shall speak unto the children of Israel. And so now, as I said, we want to emphasize some of the things that he said here. For instance, in verse 4, when he said, You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians. That indicates that Israel was an eyewitness to all the things that he did to the Egyptians. Not only did they witness the events at the Red Sea 
but they also witnessed all the things that happened in the land of Egypt, how God poured the plagues out upon the land of Egypt, and how he set a distinction between Israel and between the Egyptians. And Israel didn't just hear report of these things. They weren't merely promised that these things were going to happen. They saw these things happening. They took, they took place right in front of them. And so for that generation, there was no denying what God had done. And so subsequent to that, he also made clear to them that he was, was the one who bore them on the wings of eagles, which I believe is to say that he acted as a shield between them and between their enemy. As I understand it, an eagle will put its young upon its back as it flies and in a way protects the young. It's noted by commentators that this particular action specifically protects the young eagle from an archer's arrow. And I bring that out because you you and I need to consider that our adversary likes to launch his fiery darts and arrows at us. Now, where Israel was concerned, he did this specifically by setting his cloud between Egypt and between his people to protect them from Pharaoh and his chariots. And then when he says this, he follows it up by saying, and I brought you unto myself, indicating that he is the one that brought them, not someone else, not even Moses. This is very important because it makes clear that God is the one who performs this. They couldn't save themselves. As noteworthy a man as Moses is, he couldn't save them. So that he did it establishes that salvation, this relationship, comes first, and not by a man, but by the blood of the Lamb. They were saved from Egyptian bondage because they trusted in the blood of a lamb. By the way, those who didn't trust in God's instructions, that is the blood of the lamb, perished. After this belief comes the obedience that is represented by the Torah. And it was given not for them to be saved. It was given to them because they were saved. And after they were saved from Egypt, they were given these instructions in how to live. And he says to them, if if they would hear and obey, then they would be considered his treasured possession. Or as some translations render it, his peculiar treasure. Now, that's interesting because of the Hebrew word that's used there, which is skula, skula, which typically means a treasure or a jewel. In Malachi 3, we can see another example of how this particular Hebrew word is used. It says, they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. In that day when I make up my jewels, segula, and I will spare them, as a man spares his own son that serves him. And so that word that we read in Exodus 19 is used here. And the root word, sagal, means to be elect, to be exclusive, something that's considered to be extremely rare and extremely valuable. And it comes from the idea of something that is closed up or shut up because it is so valuable. Now, the distinction that we'd like to make here between a jewel and Israel is that Israel was not to be locked away somewhere, but God actually positioned his people to be in the midst of the nations. And so we can conclude he wants his jewels to be noticed by everybody. 
Now consider that you and I as believers are regarded as living stones. And based on what we've just read about God's jewels, it doesn't seem to indicate by referring to us as living stones that we are marble or granite, but jewels. The foundation stones of the New Jerusalem are all precious stones. The breastplate that was upon the high priest was comprised of precious stones or jewels, if you will. And in both cases, this is distinguished from something common like granite or stones. And yes, even though used in the temple, still he had those precious stones. All stones are formed by heat and pressure, but precious stones are subjected to even more heat and pressure. I also want you to consider that precious stones are often cut in order to bring out their beauty and their brilliance. I mean, just imagine and consider what happens when light catches a a diamond. Now, we need to also point out that this treasured status is not because of the particular stone, but its particular purpose. And in this case, referring to Israel and God's people, that would be the call to be a light to the nations. Because when God said, all the earth is mine, um, he meant that we were to be a light to all of those nations. They were his possession too. But Israel was and is chosen to be a blessing to them. Let's put it this way. that the world is granite, they still serve a purpose. The jewels are valuable only if they are serving their purpose. Or we can put it this way. Granite that serves its purpose is more valuable than a diamond that doesn't serve its purpose. So what I'm trying to get across here is God's people are not called to privilege, but to service. We're not called because we're great. We're called to do great things. And we can see this principle in Deuteronomy 7, where God says through Moses this, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God, The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession. And there again, we see that Hebrew word, segula, jewel. You are to be his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. But look at this. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you for you You weren't the greatest, you were the fewest of all peoples, he says. And so then, as that holy nation, Israel was and is called to be a kingdom of priests. Now, mind you, pay careful attention to what he says here. He referred to the entire nation as priests, not just one tribe called Levi. And so as I see it, his A plan, his original plan, was that the entire nation be a priesthood. The Levitical priesthood seems to have come about as a result of the golden calf incident because in Exodus 19, before the golden calf, God refers to priests when he says this in Exodus 19, verse 22, and let the priests also, which come near to the Lord, sanctify themselves, lest the Lord break forth upon them. And so then it would seem that these priests were the the firstborn that earlier in the scripture we see are consecrated to God from birth. 
But the point I'm trying to make here is that originally the nation of Israel was to be a kingdom of priests, implying that the nation were to be God's people to teach other peoples. They were to be the jewels among the granite. They were to be a light to the nations. And while God's presence was certainly among them and consecrated them, it was to be through their obedience to him that they would cause his presence to resonate outwardly from them until it permeated all the nations on earth. Here's the way the prophet Isaiah put it in Isaiah chapter 61. You shall be called the priests of the Lord. They shall speak of you as the ministers of our God. You shall eat the wealth of the nations, and in their glory you shall boast. And so again, God's people are to be a holy or a set-apart nation, and for this purpose, in order to accomplish the task of being a light to the nations. That is our mandate, to walk a set-apart or holy life that we might be a light. As I've said for a long time now, we can't be that light if we're acting like the nations. And so then, all that we have discussed here was and is predicated upon this statement, if you hear my voice and keep my covenant. We must hear what he says, and then we have to do what he says. We can't just be hearers of the word, but we have to be doers of the word in order to attain this peculiar treasure, kingdom of priests status. In other words, this call isn't based solely on being delivered from Egypt or from sin, but it goes beyond that. It's based on doing what we were freed and called to do. There's action that's required. And so I'm going to close with what Peter said to early believers in Yeshua a long time ago in 1 Peter chapter 2. He told them and he tells us, you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. And here's the purpose, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so, again, there is our purpose, to proclaim his praises, that others might see that light. We may be his jewels, and we may be his priests, but we are called to walk in the acknowledgement that we are to draw attention not to ourselves, but we're to draw attention to the one who has called us out of that darkness. And so let us attain this goal and let us strive for the purpose that he has set before us, to be a kingdom of priests. All right, so that's our Torah tidbit for this week. I hope that you enjoyed it and something we said resonated within you. Until next time, Shalom. Like what you're hearing? Become a BillCloud Premium Partner to watch or listen to hundreds of hours of teachings and resources on demand. Go to BillCloud.com slash subscribe to start watching today.